On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, we chat with our live audience about when they feel is an appropriate age to get your kid a phone, the best Prime Day deals we've seen so far, and how, when, and why to break up big tech. Uh, All right, now that we've gotten through the meat of the show, we have a little housekeeping to get out of the way. I'm going to try to get through this. Uh, First, we would like to thank everyone for joining us here on our new format. Uh, We'll have some tweaks in the coming weeks. Uh, as, and we always want your feedback, so please sound off in the chat or in the comments or flag us on Twitter. Also, for the audio podcast subscribers, you can now find The Daily Charge on Spotify as well as all our prior platforms. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Amazon Echo, you name it. And lastly, we're going to try something new for the audio podcast. We are now going to publish two versions of the show across the channel. One is the regular core five-ish minute podcast uh, with just the need to know content. And then there's going to be a longer version with bonus stuff that we do uh, in the post show from special segments to the Q&A, anything else uh, that we don't get to publish in the audio channels on the regular. Uh, You can find that in the same feed published on the day as well after the regular five-minute version and it will be called the Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. Uh, Just so you guys know the difference. And now it's time as always to talk to you folks in the chat to take your questions and comments about today's topics so we can keep the conversation going. BVG, what do the people want to know? I can't believe I actually managed to get through that. Thank God I have terrible vision. Oh, I'm so proud of you, Ben. (laughs) Well, Uh, you you let me practice ahead of time. I think that helps. Yeah, it does. The secrets to uh, a professional broadcast, everybody out there watching. Uh, CKT, shout out to Devin. That's his 10-year-old son. Uh, He says he's not really comfortable buying him a phone at that age. And I'm curious what other uh, listeners, I know you guys got kids, uh, what anybody thinks is the appropriate age for a kid to start having their own mobile phone, whether that's a phone with kind of restricted access, something more of a kid-friendly design phone, or like a full-on smartphone. When do you think is the right time and the right of passage for, for something like that? Uh, okay, so my kids are six and three. The twins are three. So that's, that's pretty easy that, like, no, that's not the time for them to get the phone. But 10, to me, seems at least a bit on the cusp of, like, hey, this is a good time to start having this conversation and try to figure out when is a good time to get a phone, whether it's a smartphone or a dumb phone. Um, One of the interesting things that I've definitely uh, heard from parents with older kids with teens is is like they want to get a phone in the kid's hand because that way they're easier to access, whether they're at, I don't know. Yeah, their friend's house or whatever. Um, So it's just kind of like a phone transponder. We always know where they are. The survey said that among the like thousand plus people that were surveyed for this particular cell cell study cell cell yeah um that the highest percentage comes to people parents get phones for their 11 to 12 year olds there's about a quarter of kids that have cell phones they're 11 or 12 about 20 percent they're 13 to 14 and then another 19 it's like 9 to 10. so like around nine uh, years old is when it really starts to become the norm between like nine and 14 and the other like one third is ages under that. Yeah. So, which seems to make sense. That's when kids are kind of have more independence. And the main reason that parents get kids phones is for that, that ability to have them in contact um, yeah. more so than, although the most popular reason that they give kids phones is so that they'll leave, your kids will leave you alone. Really? Yeah. <laughs> to I keep guess them you could do the same thing with like a Nintendo or right, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Television. Like there's been plenty of 
fake babysitters and technology yes. <laughs> for a yeah. long time. Actually, that's a pretty good idea. If I give my phone kids like a phone or a tablet, then they won't take up the television as much. Yeah. Because they do not like watching sports. That's yeah. usually like the part of the day that like causes the most angst is that I'm watching like football on a Sunday and they're like, what's going on? See, my kid doesn't get to watch TV very much at all. And so when we have sports on, she's like, I don't care. I'll take anything. <laughs> I will watch. Good idea. Yeah. Deprive them of TV and they'll watch anything. One other thing idea. from this study that I thought was funny was they asked like, what are the most popular activities for kids oh, on their right. phones. And the least popular one was doing homework. <laughs> of which course. Which made me laugh, because of course. Yeah. Playing games was one, doing homework was. Everybody knows yeah. doing homework sucks. Okay. <laughs> Any more questions? Well, we got great feedback coming in uh, about different kids' ages. Uh, Ryan says, my boy Gavin, thinking about maybe 12-ish for him. Jay from Jersey says, no kids, but I got my first phone in seventh grade, which I think that's about when I got my first phone as well. Give or take, uh, I'd have to kind of like really go back down memory lane, which is a, a foggy path at this point, but that sounds about right. Uh, CKT says 14, leading in the 15, closer to when they get a driver's permit. I think that's a good way to look at it. Uh, Ryan says, I got my first phone in 18, back in 03. Storm King says, my daughter has a normal smartphone, she's 11. I mean, obviously, lots of different kids have lots of different maturity levels, can handle different things at different stages. I'm curious what just the mean is, is coming out out of all of this. And uh, here's a great counterpoint from Timothy Dew. Uh, more and more summer camps and programs are promoting coding and other technological electronic type programs for kids. Mm -hmm. So the increase in phone and computer usage is no big deal. That's an excellent point to be made. Uh, but there's a big difference between a kid being electrical engineering genius and screwing around with Angry Birds. <laughs> well, they have to know how to shop on Prime Day, obviously. <laughs> so I, I definitely did not get a phone in seventh grade. I don't remember when it was specifically, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like really old. I I'm didn't just get... old, so I didn't get a phone until college, but that's not because my parents had a real long leash or anything. It's just because right. like phones weren't super... We Normal. are similarly aged, we're so I believe. Old. Yeah, we're yeah. both super old. We're very old. <laughs> we're just, what? You just turned fifty-five this yeah, year, so yeah, congratulations! Yeah. But you're, that. you know, ten months ahead of me. So I'm ten months ahead of you. Yeah, so I turned fifty-five old, like sooner. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, here's a great comment from Ryan. He says, I'm with Joan. I had things I wanted to buy on Amazon and just waited till yesterday yeah. to buy them. I didn't look for any specific deals. I was, I kind of followed suit with that, but none of the stuff I was looking for showed up in the Prime feed. Um, and then uh, Jay from Jersey says, I bought a few things on Prime Day. We're curious, what did you end up getting? Did you think the deals were actually worth it? Uh, you hit strike gold or did you kind of fall flat? Uh, I didn't buy anything i was too distracted here kind of getting the new show off the ground so i didn't do any shopping at all did you guys very yeah. little I very little lot. socks and reynolds wrap that was basically it i almost got a sonos beam but it, like we don't have a sound bar so yeah. I, I mean it was a lot of money to get a sound bar for the first time so yeah i, I was talked out of it which is good. I think I'm happy or holding on to that money. I still need to talk to friend of the podcast, David Katzmeyer, about whether I should get a new TV now or wait until Black Friday to get my new TV. I mean, if you don't get one today, I would probably say wait until Black Friday. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. what I mean. Do I buy it today or do I wait? That's what I need to sure. ask him. Yeah. Friend of the they, podcast. I, I, I think they have a Fire TV edition yeah, yeah, yeah. that is yeah. like pretty cheap and yeah. that you could potentially get, but you're probably not going to want to buy that. But I bought like, um, I bought some of those bladeless Dyson fans. I'm real excited about mm. that because we have to use lots of fans and they're really loud in our apartment and so I want these super quiet 
Dyson. You're, you're like a big uh, Dyson lover. Yeah. yeah. So. Don't those things usually like shell for like 400 bucks or something? Yeah, but uh, it depends on whether or not it like also does like air filtering. And I'm like, I live in New York. Our air is terrible. So there's I, I, not I've, much I can. Anytime I'm on the market for a Dustbuster, I always look at the Dyson Dustbuster. Yeah. And I'm like, this thing looks amazing. This is going to change my life. And I, I always balk. I'm always you like, always I'm do. gonna get, you can't I'm gonna the trigger, get man. the fifty dollar one that's not gonna last more than six months. <laughs> so, we love ours. Yeah, we love maybe, it so much. We have like two time. of them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me know if you need one of them needs a home. So, uh, shout out to Jay from Jersey who did the math. He figured out the mean for the kids getting their uh, uh, on in the phone ecosystem is thirteen point eight years. There you go. Thank you. Which sounds why about right. I, I like having other people do my job for me. Sure. <laughs> uh, going, swinging back over to Amazon Prime Day, Tim says I was in the market for a TV wall mount. Uh, bought it last week for thirty-three bucks. Now it's nine bucks. Can't complain wow. there. Ouch! That's some Prime Day FOMO right there. <laughs> you gotta wait. If it's if it's like a week or two beforehand, unless you desperately need it, yeah, it's at least worth seeing if it's on sale. I've definitely been in the situation where. I, I've waited, like I created a list and I waited and none of the stuff was on sale, but um, you know, it, it, it's at least worth seeing if, if it's gonna be reduced by a couple bucks, whatever. All right, let's take a couple more questions and comments before we call it a day. Uh, what actually defines when a company is too big and they need to break up? Is there like a threshold for upcoming companies that they should be aware of as they grow? Yeah. Uh, there's no, I don't think that there is, there's no like litmus test for the how big a company needs to be before it gets broken up. But there are behaviors, like for example, um, there, one of the things that people are considering about Google is YouTube and how it treats its partners, people that tried to build their own businesses off of the fact that YouTube has become the biggest video system on the internet. Um, even though some of YouTube's actions would seem to like save people money by making it easier to use its own ad system and stuff like that, and less easy to use competitors. Um, that normally is what people like when they're looking at competitive concerns. Does it make things, does it make things cheaper for consumers or for other people in the marketplace? But um, there are these things like, like going against your own best interest. So if you take in, if you make a kind of uh, competitive decision that doesn't make any business sense other than it's gonna just drive competitors out of business, that's a reason for there to be an anti-competitive system, even if it ends up being something that's beneficial for consumers in the end. So yeah. like what I'm, I guess my point is saying is that it's very complicated. There's no like, one size fits all, you're a monopoly, now you're too big, you need to be broken up. Which is part yeah. of the reason why nothing has happened so far. They've been, tech companies have been really great to the US economy and the world economy, and in, it's only been in the last few years where we've noticed and been paying attention to the negative repercussions of their size that people have gotten less gung-ho about them being as big as they are. Yeah, and I, I think you, you, you hit it right that one of the primary metrics that had been utilized, I think for decades in the United States, has been uh, whether it's harming consumers on price. So a company becomes a monopoly, let's say, on chewing gum, and then chewing gum, because there were a bunch of competitors, used to be a dollar, now it's $15. 
you know, you see this a lot in the pharmaceutical world too, that you know, a company is the only one that makes this drug and can price it however they want. So the government obviously wants to ensure that there aren't monopolies, so there is price com competition and that drives down price. One of the problems, and I cover Amazon, so related to Amazon, they're actually driving down prices and gaining more market share. So yeah. there, there's this whole rewriting of the rules trying to say, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't just pay attention to price. We should pay attention to the fact that they're pushing all the competitors out of the market as well. And what is this actually doing to the landscape? My expectation would be that there are going to be some of that conversation going on during the House Judiciary Committee yeah. hearing today because the government's basically trying to find out, well, okay, the price isn't really the issue. Yeah. We're seeing that on Prime Day right now. People are saving money, but yeah. how is this harming the marketplace otherwise? So, yeah, yeah definitely a good question. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, what is the agenda for the proceedings? I know we've got Facebook, Google, and who else is it, Apple? Apple and Amazon. And yeah. and what is the the lineup? Who is representing? And uh, are we going to be able to see these hearings in any way, shape, or form? And when? Yeah, I think they're probably going to be on C-SPAN. If you're interested in watching them, uh, otherwise you, you might be able to find them on like uh, the House Judiciary site. There's probably going to be a link there. Um, sorry if I don't have like a specific answer at this point. I'm going to be fishing around to try to find them as well. Uh, the four uh, representatives for those companies are not big names. They're mostly yeah. from public policy or from from legal. So it's not like you're going to be seeing Mark Zuckerberg show up or Jeff Bezos. But um, that might be just fine. These are these are folks that deal with these things on a daily basis, as opposed to being the CEO of a company and therefore handling all kinds of different elements. So. Uh, we might be able to get a little bit more nitty gritty and a little bit deeper into the whole thing by hearing from these folks, even though they're not household names at all. All right, we got a really good one from Jay that's going to put you guys on the spot. You ready? <laughs> okay. What are your solutions for keeping big tech companies in check, Joan and Ben? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, a time machine could have been useful to tell, I don't know, regulators several years ago that like Facebook shouldn't buy Instagram yeah. and maybe Amazon shouldn't buy Zappos like that's 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 such a lame answer but I, I really do think that you know some of these problems have existed for years and they were caused by a lot of mergers and acquisitions very early on where these huge companies were able to purchase their competitors just as their competitors were getting off the ground yeah yeah um, I think yeah. Just as a reporter and someone that likes to see stories unfold, I think the idea of breaking up the companies would be really interesting. Would be very interesting. Because it would be so... Something like that hasn't really happened in a, in a really long time. I'm not... I don't know it well enough to say exactly how long, but it's been a really long time since the most a recent effort was with Microsoft. And that failed. So I don't know when it's actually. I mean, like I imagine, like was Big Oil or something like it was that. A, previous to that was AT and T in the seventies. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so, so it's been like forty years. I, I, I like recently wrote about this with Maggie. That's why I know. Right. So that's. Why you don't need an excuse. No, I'm glad. So it's been like 40, 50 years since a gigantic company had to be broken up. And so I would be really interested to watch how that unfolds and what repercussions that it has. So that's yeah. not like what I think could be the least disruptive or the least destructive uh, way to do it. But I'm really interested to see what would happen if that's yeah, what actually it, comes to pass. It, it, like hindsight is twenty twenty in this, but AT&T, when you look back at it, you're like, of course that was a monopoly. They right. controlled all 
regional, local, and long distance calling in the United States. There was nobody else that did it, and this is a huge and important service. So regulators, I'm, I, I, I don't envy their position, yeah. but is Facebook service just as important as long distance and local calling? You know, like that, those are some of the decisions yeah. that they're gonna have to decide on. That's what some of the things that they're gonna have to figure out. It's the same thing with Amazon or like Apple's uh, app store. Like, is this a monopoly? And if it is a monopoly, is it so critical and so significant that you know we need to break it up to ensure competition? So yeah. yeah, I think it's a really fascinating area to just really delve into. But yeah, the the potential of a breakup is still pretty slim, I would say. With Apple and iTunes, um, one of the I think like one of the things like there's really easy ways to solve that problem, and that's where where there are very specific instances of like, this is how it's clearly to one camp not being fair. It's easier to be strategic about fixing those problems, like with iTunes. It's like you eliminate this tax or you tweak it in some way and everything's kind of gonna be a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I get really interested in like, what do you do with somebody like Google? I don't they know. Control what are you everything? What are you gonna break up with Google? That's one of the harder ones to figure well, out. Well, a YouTube and Google. Okay, that one easy. for sure. Yeah. But Google is so dominant in search that there's nothing specifically. Yeah, but maybe break off hardware part. from search. It has to yeah. not be a separate hardware company or a right. separate Android like artificial intelligence company. I don't know. Like they're all kind of enmeshed with each other because they're all enmeshed with advertising. Like that's the only way that they really make any money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be so interesting if we There are that. a lot of ways to consider it, for yeah. sure. So, yeah, definitely. All right, good news. We have just enough time to talk about Area 51. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, Jay wants to, no, I'm sorry. CKT wants to know uh, what do we think is there? And I want to know, are we sending Alfred as our resident Naruto runner? <laughs> okay, first of all, yes, he's very good at Naruto running, so we definitely would send him. And second, what do I think is there? Just some file cabinets. An Air Force base. The most interesting there thing would be. There. Right. The most interesting thing would be like a big room, Indiana Jones style, with a bunch of uh, old artifacts right. in it that like maybe a ghost would come out. No, the most uh, interesting is there's like. If it's like populated by alien employees okay. who are like drinking coffee on the coffee break and. Would that be as interesting swapping. as file cabinets? I no. Don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why this became popular. Area 51. It's so ridiculous. It's Area like, 51 was hot in like when Independence Day came out, which is like what? It's had its peaks and valleys. It's I had mean, its peaks and valleys. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like I don't know. Maybe the internet like like remembered that Area 51 existed, and we want to find out if this is legit. I feel like you know how there are like songs of summer. I feel like this is a meme of summer. Like there's some things that are just kind of like it's a summertime meme, you know. My God, you're right. Independence Day came out in the summer. So yes, peaks and valleys, exactly. We're not gonna remember this in the winter, unfortunately. So. Also, well, Nevada is fine in the winter, I'm sure, but yeah. it's more fun to think of taking a vacation. Summer vacation to Area 51. I, I like these theories. Yeah. It's a good idea. I don't know. What's there? We'll never know. Or will we? That was my X-Files impression. Pretty, that wasn't bad. Oh, really? Okay. No, it wasn't terrible. I could go even higher. Cool, thanks for the copyright strike. <laughs> hey, congratulations, everybody. It's Ben's first day on the internet. This is called a meme. Oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, an, it's a meme. 
Is that what it is? I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that it's called a meme. Okay. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again here tomorrow. And uh, let's go ahead and leave it to uh, Ben. Let's take us on out. Oh, oh God. Okay, here we go. That's a wrap on another edition of The Daily Charge. Hit like and subscribe so you can join us for the live stream weekday mornings here on YouTube, Periscope, and CNET.com slash Daily Charge. Uh, check out the description below for links to today's stories and to subscribe to the audio podcast for The Daily Charge. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. Joni Salsman. Thanks for listening.